0: And I understand there is somebody that is listening to this right now. And you say to me, Ryan, you are a white male that has experienced a significant amount of privilege. And so particularly as it relates to this thing, you just don't have a clue. And so you can't contribute to this conversation. And I'm going to tell you to everything leading up to that last statement, you're right. Though I may not be specifically informed or having stepped through that specific process, there are many others in this world that I can positively contribute towards. And so I will continue to use my voice. I will continue to use my platform. I will continue to self-reflect as often as humanly possible to bear out all the garbage that's inside of myself, to be transparent about that, and to show people that I will continue to work to be good, to serve people well, to care for people, to forgive those that hurt me, to reconcile relationships, not just for the good of me, but for the good of you too. Welcome to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. Join Ryan as he speaks with top business leaders and influencers, and hear how they've mastered the art of authenticity to achieve all that they dreamed of. As you hear from these leaders, seek not only to be inspired by their authenticity, but to strive for and master your own. Uh, let me uh, kick this off with, I guess, some qualifying statements. I, th- I think it's fair uh, to to start this way and kind of set today up because this is going to be uh, quite a bit different than uh, any of the past or previous twelve. Uh, that I've done like this. So, you know, for the last uh, 13 weeks now, I've been uh, setting aside about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour uh, online to share just very practically tools, tips, my kind of thought and approach to leadership, um, relationship, um, sales, marketing, uh, um, branding, so many different things. I did a session on LinkedIn. Uh, there's been uh, quite a few different topics, clearly very business-related uh, or business-centric. Even the Q&As that I've done, for the most part, uh, have been very much uh, in that same vein. Even when I'm talking about habit and discipline, it's often incorporated into uh, um, uh, the, the domain of business. And uh, then uh, we uh, had a week, back, really two, the last two weeks, Uh, We had uh, some significantly uh, greater challenges uh, just as individuals and probably most of us have ever faced in our entire lives. If we weren't personally experiencing the challenge, uh, it was a challenge that um, uh, we were watching happen and trying to figure out how to navigate and how to deal with. And so I talked about that just a little bit last week at the beginning, Um, but something that has really been on my heart and has really burdened me is that um, you know while we are uh, we're interacting, you're here because of a business relationship, whether that's just you following me on a social media platform or maybe we've done business together or have interacted at some point, um, we're still human beings and uh, each one of us is, Uh, in some way interacting with or involved with or struggling through the season of life that we're in 2020 has been brutal to say the least and again definitely far more difficult for some people than others. And so uh, I just felt like now was a good time uh, for me to speak from the heart more than ever. And. I wanted to qualify uh, when i sent out invitations of which uh, i i did uh, if you got an invitation uh, from me via email in the zoom invite before you registered you know i qualified a couple of things and um, you know a, a couple of those things that i just want to reiterate right here is uh, first and foremost um, you know this conversation that i have whether it's you know one way in the sense you don't get to respond. Uh, But uh, this is for for everybody, everybody's welcome to this table to have this type of conversation uh, with me. Uh, I don't know everything clearly, uh, but I'm just doing my best to contribute as positively as possible. Uh, The second thing is uh, that there are some significantly difficult issues at play right here. Um, We would have thought dealing with a pandemic uh, would have been uh, extremely difficult in and of itself but now we are dealing with a far worse issue that has been prevalent in this country for more than 200 years, and it is rearing its ugly head again. And that is the general uh, 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 challenge and struggle we have had with just inequality, more specifically with racism and racism against Black people. And as a white human being, a white male for that matter. Uh, I understand that in in many cases, um, I, I need to be a lot more quiet and just listen and receive and try and do the best that I can to understand and to help. And I've been doing that. Um, I am no fool to believe that even if I had sat back and listened and learned uh, for all 42 years of my life that I would have any of this figured out, but I'm doing the best that I can. Uh, in the midst of that, I want to I say that this morning is not about that specifically, even though this morning is related to that, and I'll get into that in a little bit. So I may say something uh, that is not 100% uh, accurate, or does not one hundred percent jive with you? That is not intentional. I'm trying to do my best to choose my words carefully, uh, because I have brothers and sisters of many different uh, backgrounds, uh, both ethnically, racially, sexually, and I just I, I want to do my best not to tiptoe, but to truly care for and love them. Um, the third thing, and the last thing before I get into this. Uh, and I'm sorry to have to do this, but I just want to be really clear here and be as helpful as possible. The third thing is, is as many of you know, uh, I am a pastor of a church, uh, and that in and of itself says really nothing at all, especially in today's day and age, uh, but I am a Christian. Uh, I hold that very, very deeply. And so that means for me personally, this is not a prescription for you. This is a description of me. Uh, For me, that means that ultimately my faith lies in God above all else. And my faith is in Jesus Christ. I absolutely am convinced of the fact that it is Christ that died for my sins, that I needed that. And I'll get into that actually a little bit, not to evangelize you at all. That's not my intention here, but just to get you to understand where I'm coming from. But beyond that, when I seek truth, when I'm looking for ultimate truth and in a world where it's just distorted in so many different ways, and even in the church, it can be totally distorted. My truth ultimately is founded on the word of God as best as I can understand it. So there's going to be things that I'm going to say in a few minutes that are just going to come from that place. And again, I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm not trying to get you to believe what I believe. Uh, I'm just trying to get you to understand where I'm coming from and where my my approach uh, is intended to go Uh, so hopefully that's enough again I just want to tell you up front I'm sorry if I say something to offend you that is not my intention at all today Uh, my intention is to try and be helpful in us creating a path which I believe is going to be significantly beneficial for all of us whether we're talking about issues of race which is the most important one to talk about right now um, or anything else for that matter down the line Okay, so I, I think I got that out. I'm not 100% sure. By the way, if you have questions, if you have thoughts, if you have concerns, if something that I say in the midst of what I'm saying is like, dude, this guy's crazy, drop it in the chat, drop it in the Q&A. I'm going to try and address those as I go. Um, or you, you can feel free to email me, Ryan at Ryan James Miller. You can text me, um, email me, and I'll send you my uh, cell phone number. I don't want to do that because this is going to end up uh, on too much of the internet after this. Uh, But please feel free to reach out to me. I'm down to any kind of dialogue and I I, want to listen to your side. I want to listen to your perspective. I want to listen to what you have to say. Uh, This is not again about me trying to force feed something to you. Okay, so what, what do I really want to address today? So today the intention is to talk about forgiveness and reconciliation. And why is that so important to me specifically today? Over the last four months, four or five months, um, really ever since the pandemic started, um, I've noticed a an even more drastic shift uh, in the way that people handle themselves, in the way that people are, and how kind they are. Sorry, I'm going to make sure I'm not missing anything in the chat. Um, uh it 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 started far earlier um uh, much of this was telling in the 2016 election um people were choosing sides uh it was just it was it was ugly it was ugly um and again this goes this goes back far 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 longer than that but i saw some of it there again then uh when the pandemic hit uh, what i started to see was there was this this division that was being created uh, between uh, two sides. Uh, One side was, uh, this is all nonsense, uh, and I want the freedom to just live the life that I want to live. The other side uh, was, um, we are doomed, and if we don't completely shut down, just quarantine ourselves, shut everything down, we're all going to die. And uh, people were literally having to pick a side. I mean, it was like... uh, it was crazy just to watch. And and one side was just attacking the other side. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why, why are we even choosing sides? Like, there's really people sick and dying. Um, there, there's really businesses shutting down. Uh, there's really a, a lot of things that are going on. This, is, uh, this was an uncharted territory for us as a country, as a world. Um, in this specific regard, obviously we had dealt with pandemics in the past. Um, definitely, in most of our lifetimes, this is this is this is the first time this has happened. And I was watching just people annihilate each other, like literally just annihilate each other, mocking each other with uh, 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 things they were sharing on social media and backhanded um, affirmation of. Uh, you know, somebody. It's like up front. It's like, yeah, good idea to wear a mask. And then the message on the mask is like, all idiots wear masks, right? It was just like it was terrible. It was terrible, terrible, terrible stuff. And so that's unfolding. And 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 again, I'm going to say some things that are going to uh, uh, even like uh, implicate me inside of my own uh, groups of people. I, I was even watching this in the church. And so, um, you know, uh, I, I hate to have to say this, but like, uh, I watched. Uh, churches that were immediately attacking the, the government for um, uh, preventing them from gathering together. Like they were uh, uh, stifling their religious liberty. And that was absurd to me. It was absurd to me because it had nothing to do with religious liberty and everything to do with what they felt was the best approach to stopping this disease or this virus from spreading. And so, uh, uh, brothers and sisters uh, that um, I not necessarily go to church with, but uh, uh, am in community with in surrounding areas, like I was, I was just, I was, abs- I was, I was appalled by some of the things that they were saying and doing. Like, what a terrible witness to the love of Jesus when all you care about is gathering together, even though it's super important for churches to gather together. Anyway, so I, I'm just watching that in all kinds of domains. My heart was really weighing heavy through this, by the way. Then we see this series of events that culminates uh, with the death of George Floyd. And I just go on record as saying I don't care what led to the moment off the camera. I don't care what what uh, whatever else was going on in society. I don't I, I don't I don't care about anything. What we watched happen was inequivocally. Inequivocally, it was absolutely the act of one person taking another person's life. Plain as day. No question about it. And yet, again, we were watching people. I was watching people. Friends, family, take sides. Well, you don't know what happened. Well, you don't know what led to that moment. I was just like, what? And what was interesting was, was so much of it was uh, politically charged, right? Like, depending on what news channel you watch, depending on what, um, I don't know, media you read, the things that you consume, the people you hang around with, like, you're just very influenced by um, that which you surround yourself with. It's just, it's the nature of life. And... And so uh, then, obviously, uh, protesting happened, which I believe was uh, absolutely the right thing to do. Um, rioting happened. Terrible, terrible things were happening. Businesses were being destroyed. People were being killed. Right? It just got worse and worse and worse. And again, as all of this is happening, more sides are being chosen. Like um, I, uh, I personally, Ryan Miller, uh, I am pro-police. Um, the good ones. My dad was a police officer. Some of my closest friends are police officers and they're wonderful human beings. They would never, ever, ever be classified in the same category as that a-hole that did what he did to George Floyd or any of the other ones that commit those same awful crimes while being protected by a badge, okay? At the same time, I am pro people. And in this case, specifically, I am pro black people that have continued to be targeted for so many things uh, over, again, just the last 200 years of this country's existence, but far longer than that. I don't have to choose a side. I can just be both. Now, I may have to speak up louder for one than the other because of the context or the conversation, but I don't have to choose sides. And so uh, then we started to see um uh, uh, things come out right like people made distasteful comments and statements a conversation um uh, even um uh, i can't go here uh, very prominent people and um we immediately just went on we i'm just talking generally people just went on the attack without giving any kind of grace And then when those people, when many people I watched, would then apologize, they would just get destroyed. Like nobody was going to accept their apology. Nobody was going to listen to what they had to say. Nobody was willing to forgive. And I was like, what is going on here? And I just started crying. I mean, no joke from the the day after i watched the uh, uh, unfortunately the video of george floyd being killed from the, that day forward i cried almost every single day i mean almost every single day and it, it was so heartbreaking and again like I, i'm only a distant observer to what's going on but part of my heartbreak I definitely, my heartbreak was his death. But part of my heartbreak was, here we are divided. Here we are, witness to inequality in its most evil and demonic way. And our answer is inequality. Mistreatment of people. And please hear me, I'm not trying to classify those as one and the same thing. The issues with racism are far greater than the issues with people you know, peeing at each other's cereal bowl or curling insults at each other on social media. I'm not saying those are one and the same things. But I firmly believe that at the root of the problem, or at, at the root, is the same problem. The same thing that causes us to be hateful towards somebody of another race, religion, sexual orientation, or anything else. Political party, the same hate, the same hate is the hate that causes us to hurl the insults that we do and to lack forgiveness even in the greatest of situations. And so what I wanted to do with the remaining time is to walk you through a story Um, and and this is just very personal um, but I think it's helpful for you to understand where I'm coming from as it relates to forgiveness and what I have learned and hopefully in, in some small fraction you can take to your network to your community to your workplace to your family whatever again very different than a lot of what I've talked about in the past even to this point I, I you could probably see so um, my parents divorced when I was six years old um, I didn't quite know at the time why uh, but I did see that uh, within weeks of my dad leaving um, my uh, my mom, my six-year-old self, and my three-year-old younger brother. Within weeks, we saw his new girlfriend. Little did I know, years later, that that was the result of um, uh, my dad uh, cheating on my mom. And uh, there, there, there was other issues there. Um, neither of them were a peach. Uh, there was a lot to work on, and but for whatever reason, my my dad left and uh, so we uh, went on to live um, uh, you know living with my mom full time we uh, saw my dad on the weekends Uh, i didn't realize until much later but you know my my mom worked two and three jobs just to put food on the table for my brother and i Uh, my dad was of no additional help other than what the court ordered it was very Uh, It was just very ugly in the way things went. Um, And so, I mean, we ate macaroni and cheese and bread and butter multiple nights a week because that's all my mom could afford. And we didn't have new school clothes. Uh, We often wore the same clothes uh, for quite a long time and we didn't go on vacations and we just didn't get to do things because my mom was just fighting to survive uh, by working whatever job she could. we would go down to my dad's on the weekends and we had all kinds of stuff motorcycles, motorhome, boat. Um, it was awesome. As a kid, at least it was. It's totally looked forward to that. And um, life went on, continued to grow up. Um, I actually uh, moved in with my dad. Uh, for a couple of years, a year and a half in high school, that did not go well, that was not a good decision. Uh, my dad got married, my stepmom is amazing, uh, one of the greatest women I've ever known in my entire life. Uh, to this day, I, I love her to death. Um, but um, but my dad and I just butted heads, it just it didn't work and so I, I moved back home and um, my dad and I ended up getting into a significant conflict um, that was really the, the culmination of um, me realizing all that happened in my upbringing, the fact that he left the way that he did, that he left us with so little, that he was so hurtful and hateful towards my mom, uh, that, um, that, that caused my brother and I to suffer, and, and, and it was like he didn't even see it. And I know that he loved us. He was just so overcome with hatred towards my mom that it, 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 it caused us a lot of harm and a lot of hurt and a lot of loss. Um, I I mean, we, we, we still, you know, we were okay, but it was just, it was, it was a lot. So that was all kind of coming to a head. My dad and I had a couple of head to head arguments. And so the last time that I spoke to my dad, uh, was on my wedding night. I was 21 years old. I think I was 21 years old. Um, yeah, almost 22. Um, I actually didn't even want to invite him to my wedding. Um, My mom, uh, my biological mom, uh, she felt like that was the right thing to do. So she forced that issue. Uh, But that was the last time I saw my dad, spoke to my dad for 10 years. Um, In the very beginning, it was a little bit hard. And then as time went on, uh, I stopped acknowledging him as my dad. I I didn't want to talk about him. Uh, every once in a while, my mom uh, would ask me, hey, like, have you talked to your dad lately? And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know who you're talking about. Uh, my stepdad, um, whom my my mom remarried a few times later, uh, great, great human being. And, and and he stepped into that role uh, not to replace my dad, just to be there for us. And so I would just say, like, that's my dad. And, and that's who I looked up to. And that's who's supporting me. And and fighting for me and and helping to shape me into who I am. And, and I was also just a, a pompous, cocky, immature, early 20-something kid uh, trying to figure out life. And, um, and so that went on for 10 years. Uh, it got so bad that um, I didn't know this until later, but my dad... Uh, was on a work project, got shipped overseas, uh, and was in Iraq uh, during the war uh, shortly after September uh, 11th, 2001. Um, One night in particular, he took a rocket uh, uh, just a few feet from the bunker that they were hunkered down in, uh, and they almost died. And one of the first calls that my dad made uh, was to me. And... It's hard to talk about. Um, we didn't answer the phone. And I remember hearing his message and he was crying on the phone. Telling me that he loved me. That he just wanted to talk to me. He just wanted to reconnect. And I was so angry and so hurt and so calloused over because all those years had gone by that I didn't even, I didn't even acknowledge it. I don't even think I was really upset in the moment. And that went on and it went on. And in 2006, um, as the result of my marriage having some troubles, we've been married five years at that point, um, uh, we decided to attend a church, which we had not done before. Um, we came to faith in Jesus and, and that started to do this just really transformative work in my life. It took a long time. It's still taking a long time, but slowly God was just working on my heart. And so that was 2006, probably 2008. And, and, and trust me when I tell you like this all has a purpose and has a point in 2008, uh, I went to a men's retreat and uh, the speaker, uh, the topic of, of that retreat was forgiveness and reconciliation. And uh, and I didn't know that until we got up there. And so he spoke and he talked about um, the, the pain and even the evil uh, and destruction of living with unforgiveness in your heart. And so that convicted me. It convicted me to forgive my dad. And so in 2008, uh, October-ish, I forgave my dad, up here, and a little bit in here. I just resolved in my own heart that I was going to forgive him, and that was that. This is no joke. I'm not into, like, overly spiritualizing things, but a year goes by, 2009. Same men's retreat, you know, different year, but same retreat with our church at the time. Um, I am, um, there and this time we're talking about something totally different, manly men or I don't know something, but one of the things that's shared is, um, uh, this idea of a lack of true forgiveness. And that was the first moment that I realized that I had never truly understood what forgiveness meant. And here's what was crazy and again for, for any of you that like you attend church, faith in God, you kind of you get this in the church setting. Uh, some of you may get this outside of that, but all in all, like that was this was foreign to me, but I finally came to this place when I realized that um, I had asked for forgiveness from God, for all the things I had done in my life up to that point. With the expectation that I would be forgiven. Because that's what I was told that the Bible said. And yet, I couldn't even forgive my dad. I mean, I did here and a little bit here, but it, it wasn't really real. And so, I wrote him a letter. And in that letter, a couple pages long, I still have it to this day. Kind of ashamed of it, actually. I wrote a list of every single thing that I forgave my dad for, which again was just in some way me just making sure that he knew how many ways he hurt me. I wanted to make sure he felt it. Like if there was ever a chance in me forgiving him, he had to feel how painful it was for what he did to me. I mean, that kind of sounds okay to some degree. And yet, I would come to realize a whole nother year later that that wasn't forgiveness. That was me just making sure they felt guilty for what they did. And in that sense, my dad felt guilty for what he did. I wouldn't ever really know what that would feel like again. By the way, Uh, early 2011, I reconnected with my dad. We sat down in a BJ's restaurant in Temecula, California. And I will never forget what it felt like to hug my dad for the first time in 10 years. I will never, ever forget that feeling of knowing that we were committed to doing our best to wipe away the past and to commit to move forward together. We now have an amazing relationship. He lives out of state. I don't get to see him that often, but I, I just, I die for every time that I get the opportunity to see him. I would have one more opportunity to step through something like this. Uh, and that was, many of you know my story. Um, it's at the Route 91 concert. Las Vegas October 2017 and I watched my friend be murdered in cold blood like I watched I didn't watch her get shot but I watched the result of her being shot I watched her take her last breaths And I remember the phone call confirming that that was in fact it. And in the months to come, as I was interviewed for CNN and People Magazine and so many others, especially because like people know how to pry in certain areas. You know, especially because um, once people knew that I was a pastor, they they always wanted to dig in, like, so do you hate that person? And 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 this is not me speaking in some overtly righteous way, because trust me when I tell you I am not. I can list out a thousand reasons why you would be embarrassed for me. But I just didn't hate him. I hated what happened. I was disgusted with what happened. And I would do just about anything that I could to take that all away. But as we talked about that situation, I began to realize that there, was a very, there were very clear reasons why a human being would do something like that. The brokenness inside of them, the hurt that they face, the struggles that they went through, maybe as a child, the distorted upbringing, um, the alienation from people even as an adult, the mental health issues, so many things. A broken system that allows somebody to, uh, to, to accumulate way too many weapons. Like just so many things all led to that situation. Yes, that person committed the crime. And it would take me a lot to stare that person in the face and tell them that I accept your apology. But that's something that I would strive to do. Look, as we see all that we're seeing going on in society right now, I'm afraid that we have detached humanity from our interactions. We see people as objects, as parties, as positions. Again, like, I, I don't want to be on this train too hard because I don't feel like I'm I, I'm in the right place to do that. But um, uh, we should absolutely see the beauty, I believe, in God creating every single person unique. And so I, I'm not colorblind. I appreciate my black friends and my brown friends 100% for who they are and who God has made them to be. But seeing them that way doesn't make me classify them in some certain way. I don't, I don't want to see people as just something. Something. I want to see them as a human being. I think the second component to why we struggle so hard to forgive is because I don't think many people truly want what's best for the whole. This is why retribution, this is why retaliation happens so often. We're so angry about a life being taken that the only response is to take a life. Now, I believe in, at at, at least for the most part to this point, in our ability to bear arms in this country, I believe in the right to protect my family from harm, to protect other people from harm. But I don't ever, 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 ever think that the way we solve a death is by creating another one. That the way we fix hatred is by just being hateful. In our mission to change this world, Gandhi, one of my favorite quotes, be the change that you want to see in this world. As you step through these types of conversations, and again, this doesn't necessarily have to relate what's going on in our country. This could be a relationship that you have with your dad. Are you stepping into those environments time and time and time again? Like it's exhausting to have these conversations. It's exhausting to step through real forgiveness and reconciliation. Are you willing to do what's right? Are you willing to model and example the positive change? And I don't for a second believe that this is easy or it's clean or it's simple, or there's a single answer to solve all of the problems that we're facing. There's not. But I do know, without a doubt, that one of the best ways that I can prevent it from going farther is to look into my own heart and soul and rip apart the evil, the hatred, the hurt, that I'm projecting onto other people. Because popping off at my kid because I got frustrated because they asked for ice cream too many times, that's just a really small version of the hatred that we see going on in the world right now that the media indoctrinates us with every single day. We have to see each other as human beings. And we have to truly seek out good, not good with a whole bunch of qualifications, not good ifs. We need to seek good knowing that there will be ifs because nothing's ever going to be clean. And as we continue to put all these people together and try to fix some of the problems or all of the problems, it's going to be messy. So forgiveness definitely happens as we look to the world out there, uh, that we see people as people, and that we are desiring for what's best. But beyond that, I've alluded to uh, to some of this as I've been uh, I've been talking is, and I can't believe that we're not at zero people anymore because I, I figured you'd be tired of me talking about this by now. But as we think about how we how we are, are going to begin to forgive we absolutely have to start off by recognizing that we are part of the problem now I am very very careful when I accuse somebody of being part of the problem in the specific sense because again you probably, uh, just because it's the most relevant topic, hopefully you're not a racist. And so you may not be part of the problem of racism specifically, but there's something else that you're negatively contributing to the story. (laughs) Or if not to that story, to another one. And so you're not part of this problem, you're part of that problem. We're all fallible human beings. We all make mistakes. And too often we look at our mistakes as being far far less than somebody else's. And yes, committing murder is far worse than telling a lie. But at the end of the day, it's the same root cause. We're just screwed up. We're all trying to do our best. But we've got to admit that there's stuff going on inside of us that needs to be worked on. That we need to grow from and wherever you seek to find that growth go do that the other thing that we need to agree to is that it's not just that we're messed up and we've made mistakes but that we will continue to make mistakes like you are uh, I don't know what planet you're on if you don't believe that you are you are not going to continue to hurt people that you're not gonna continue to contribute to some problem in society, that you're not going to uh, be hateful at some point. Like, it's gonna happen. And so that's why we need to constantly be aware of where our tendencies lie, where our hatred is at, where our uh, hot button points are. Our jealousy our own selfish ambition um, our desire to divide and oftentimes our desire to divide is not actually a desire to divide as much as it's an opportunity or we see it as an opportunity to rally for the cause but in doing so we're dividing instead of bringing people together yes a group of you may do a better job of making a positive impact on something that you're trying to do, but don't alienate the other quote unquote side. We don't need to draw lines in the sand. I, I wish that I had this reference and unfortunately some of this stuff comes to me uh, in the midst of this and so again, I can misspeak. Watch a great documentary on Netflix Uh, this last year uh, a Middle Eastern woman that went and spent time with uh, the KKK uh, or members of the KKK uh, one of the most disgusting awful groups of people that this world has to offer and it was fascinating to watch her step through life with them and it was beyond beautiful to see some of the positive outcomes of people's perspectives on one another through the time that she spent and invested into being with them and she had very different ideals very different philosophies on life than they did clearly it was amazing not everybody changed, but she made a positive impact. So maybe I'll drop that. I'll find that. I'll send that out as a follow-up when I send out this recording. There is no line that we can't cross in a desire to make positive change. And as a matter of fact, you know, when, and again, like I'm not justifying what has been said. I'm not justifying what's been done. Uh, but if you listen to somebody like Kevin Hart talk about um, the uh, the negative publicity, publicity that he received um, leading up to the Oscars, which uh, led him to not host the Oscars, um, particularly he was on Joe Rogan's podcast just recently talking about it. And it's unbelievable how even after uh, not just uh, verbal apology, but actions for years and years that demonstrate that um, in the very least, uh, he made a crude comment and in the very worst, even if he did believe what he communicated uh, with his whole heart that he has completely changed and he's actually advocating for the communities that, um, that were hurt by what he said. That doesn't take away from what he said, but it demonstrates a character that desires to change, desires to grow, desires to bridge the gap. And yet there were still people that wanted to hang him out to dry. They weren't going to accept his apology. They were going to continue to treat him as a hateful human being. It's so sad. We've got to be able to extend forgiveness. We've got to be able to walk that path with people. If not, we're going to continue to see brokenness in society forever. We can't divide over these issues. We must recognize that in knowing we're part of the problem, we can also be part of the solution. We can push farther in extending our desire to forgive and actually proving and showing that we can forgive other people. And by the way, forgiveness, forgiveness does not mean absolute agreement. We can still have different political stances. And by the way, I consider myself to be um, uh, objectively political. I don't register Republican, I don't register Democrat. Um, I do vote, I do actively vote I try to pay as good of attention as possible um, but um, like if somebody on one side or another offends me, I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything I can to forgive them even though we're not gonna agree. like there's gonna be people that could hurt me. And at the same time, they could still believe that there's gray in what happened with George Floyd. I'm not, I I don't understand how you come to that conclusion. I don't understand why you would think that. I don't see how that's possible. And yet at the same time, if that person truly sought forgiveness for whatever it is they did to offend me, hurt me, hurt somebody around me, I'm gonna do everything that I can to accept that and to step forward to reconcile that relationship. We're just not gonna agree on everything. We just see things differently. And yes, there are certain things that not in the way I've been talking about, but there are certain things that we see as black and white. Like literally, it's just one way or another, right? I don't even know if we should be using that statement anymore. Anyway, cut and dry, right? Just one way or another. And and, and yet, even in those, we've gotta find ways to forgive. We've gotta find ways to walk through towards forgiveness. The other thing, forgiveness doesn't require equal effort. You hope it does. I mean like uh, your your act of forgiveness often comes as the result of somebody asking for it, apologizing. But that's not always the case. And that sh- that like that should not be what we're waiting for. Like until you truly mean it, until you do everything that I've asked you to do, until you come all the way to my side, I'm not going to forgive you. Seek forgiveness. Seek opportunities to reestablish those relationships, to bridge those gaps. And by the way, everything that I've said to this point one of the best ways that we can positively contribute to this a lot of times is doing this objectively, right? We're we're a bystander watching two other people that are going at it and, and there's this lack of forgiveness and reconciliation because they're just on two completely different sides. Well, when we stand as an object objective bystander, we can oftentimes speak a little bit more clarity into that situation and help people to bridge that gap. we can do a better job. Because ultimately we're trying to get to this place of reconciliation, not just forgiveness, right? Forgiveness is I accept your apology for what you did, I've forgiven you or and or I've forgiven you for what you've done. Well, reconciliation is going a step farther than that. And I'm just about done by the way. Reconciliation is this idea of making our our beliefs compatible with one another and or restoring relationship. Making our views compatible or restoring relationship. Democrats and Republicans, they are both ultimately after Mostly the same things. The good of the people. How they go about that, certain people in there, right? There's a lot to be said there. But ultimately, they're after the good of the people. How they go about that is far different. As we seek free quality. across gender, race. Many of us have very different perspectives, some more personal than others, and, 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 and approaches to how this is gonna happen. But in the end, most people want to see all things equal. So we shouldn't attack each other because somebody is doing something differently than somebody else. We should be trying to reconcile those two people together, those two groups together, to bring them together. We have far greater strength and power and unity than we do as individuals. And yet, Everything is divided now, right? You have to pick a side. Are you this or are you this? Are you for this or are you for that? As a matter of fact now, it's, it's if you're for this, then I'm against you, right? When we're on different sides. If you're not for me, you hate me. Let's try to not go there. Let's try to recognize that ultimately we are for people. That we are for the best in people. But it's got to start again with us. Recognizing all the ways, regardless of the topic, in which we're negatively contributing to the situation. That we're willing to forgive. That we're open to forgive. That we're stepping through the process of forgiveness. And ultimately, our forgiveness is not telling somebody all of the things that they did to offend us. To feel good about ourselves. But instead, it's walking the path towards reconciliation. Because that's what we want more than anything. We want to live in families. We want to work in workplaces. We want to be around communities. And ultimately, we want to live in a country, in a world, where people get along. But we can't do that if we have all this pent-up hatred towards each other. And I understand there is somebody that is listening to this right now, or you're going to listen to this later. And you look at me talking about things like this at a time like this. And you say to me, Ryan, you are a white male that has experienced a significant amount of privilege. And so particularly as it relates to this thing, you just don't have a clue. And so you can't contribute to this conversation. And I'm going to tell you to everything leading up to that last statement, you're right. I don't get a lot of it. But I'm going to try and do my best to contribute positively to that conversation. Because I'm not going to sit back and watch as the people that I love destroy each other. And on top of that, Though I may not be specifically informed or having stepped through that specific process, there are many others in this world that I can positively contribute towards. And so I will continue to use my voice. I will continue to use my platform. I will continue to self-reflect as often as humanly possible to bear out all the garbage that's inside of myself, to be transparent about that, and to show people that I will continue to work to be good to serve people well, to care for people, to forgive those that hurt me, to reconcile relationships, not just for the good of me, but for the good of you too. You've got to be shedding tears when you see what's going on in this world. And inside of yourself, You've got to be desiring to change. The world out there, but also the heart in here. Thank you guys, giving me the space to personally rant a little bit this morning. I'm extremely passionate about this, as you can tell. I'm learning, I'm growing. I have a lot of ground to cover. And I will continue to do my best to be a positive contribution to conversations like this and any other one that continues to help people live the life that I believe they've been created to. And the life many people are living right now is not the one they've been created for. So thank you so much. Appreciate you guys today. Anybody else that will listen to this, again, my offer's on the table. You want to dialogue around something like this, please feel free to email me, ryan at ryanjamesmiller.com. Um, and uh, we can set up some time. So thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and share it with others. To connect with Ryan and learn more, visit ryanjamesmiller.com.